Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with a message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational. Grandpa, Grandpa, guess what? My teacher said that there was once a supercontinent called Pangaea hundreds of millions of years ago. Is that a fact? Did your teacher say how she knows? Was she there? No, Grandpa, it's in the science books, so it's got to be right. Science books used to say that geological layers each formed over millions of years, but Mount St. Helens proved that was wrong. One book that's never been proven wrong is the Bible, God's Word. So where should we look to find a trustworthy way to figure out if your teacher is right or not? Well, since the Bible has never been proven wrong, maybe we should look there. Good answer. Now, where in the Bible would we find out about how the earth was formed? Right here in Genesis chapter 1, verse 9, where it says, And God said, Let the waters under the sky be gathered into one place, so that the dry land may appear. And it was so. Great! So does the Bible prove Pangaea, or one giant continent, existed? Well, if the waters were all gathered into one place, then the land must have been formed in the other place. So I'd say that it must have been put in one place just like the water. That's how I see it, too. But since we have seven continents today, where in the Bible could we find out about how that would have happened? Hmm. I know in Genesis chapter 7, verse 11, it says, In the 600th year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the second month, all of the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of the heavens were open. I totally agree. Now remember, neither idea about Pangaea can be scientifically proven. But the Bible's account certainly better fits what we see in the world today, and that's a fact. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Daniel Harris, and our producer Ed Salzadel, all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Our norm on this program is to talk about the differences in worldview between secular science and between creation science. But today, although we're going to find some real differences... We actually have something that secular science and the Bible agree on. At one point, all of the land masses on the earth were in one continent. The Bible refers to that, and secular geology refers to that. Now, the big difference is secular geology believes that single continent occurred more than 3 billion years ago. No, 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 no. 250 million years ago. Ah, 250 million. Thank you for correcting that. That could be variable as well. Also, the creationists themselves have debates within this field. Some creationists will talk about that the whole, and I know you don't agree with this, Dr. Harris, and we're going to discuss it, will say that the splitting of the continents all occurred during the year of the flood, basically underwater. They call that theory now today the continental sprint rather than the continental divide, a division that, or the continental creep that we see today, which is only inches a year. I call it galloping continents. The galloping continents, okay. But you don't believe in that. Talk on that. Well, I believe that the continents did move, but they did not move at the time of the flood. The time of the flood was a time in which the continents moved vertically and violently relative to each other, but they did not move horizontally relative to each other. It was during the time of Peleg, 850 years after the flood, 
that the continents split and we begin the movement of the continents. And it took a thousand years to form the Atlantic Ocean, not the one year of the flood. The conventional creationist view that is espoused by most of the creationist organizations is that the Atlantic Ocean formed on a time scale of a one year during the flood. The problem that we have with that, there's quite a number of problems that we have with that. One of them is that, that if continents were moving that violently, that the mountains would have been built up during the time of the flood and some of the mountains wouldn't be covered with fossils. That's one of the evidences against this. There's quite a number of evidences that say that this is not possible, that, that this happened. One of the others is that the heating, the problem of heat, if you have a, an Atlantic Ocean that is formed on a time scale of one year, the entire crust that is formed underneath that ocean is only one year old, and that means it's only a few meters thick. And if it's only a few meters thick, the heat that, are, that goes from the mantle material underneath up through that few meters of stuff is enough to boil the ocean. So there's plenty of arguments against the idea that the splitting occurred at the time of the flood. Uh, in fact, scripture is very clear that it says during the time of Peleg, and it says, because in his time was the earth divided. That's what the scripture says. It doesn't say that the earth was divided anywhere else. You've made two good points supporting the idea that this division, as it says in the Bible, occurred at the time of Peleg. In point of fact, that that is what the word Peleg means, is division. Or earthquake. Or earthquake in the Hebrew. Of course, others, Dr. Walter Brown and Timothy Cleary and others would debate and say, well, wait a minute, in terms of Brown's hypothesis, the waters of the Great Deep were actually a huge reservoir positioned right under the crust, and therefore the crust in this continental sprint, or as you call it, the continental gallop that they theorized, could have occurred in a rapid period of time floating upon this water, and therefore there would not have been the same, there would have been a transfer of heat, but there wouldn't be the massive transfer that you talk about and they try to write this away. In point of fact, that's supposition. We don't know what specifically the conditions were at that point. Well, I would argue that there was a layer of, of water, uh, perhaps a mile or two deep underneath the earth at a depth of about, what's 100 miles, which we have left over right now a layer called the low velocity zone where the speed of seismic waves is very slow and they hypothesize that this is because there is water mixed in with the rock and that that's why the seismic waves are slow. Okay, I'm going to have you continue that thought after the break. You're listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reid and Dr. Daniel Harris. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org. There is water down there. In point of fact, in the range of 160 miles to 400 miles below the surface, we have found an area of water that contains in rock, embedded in rock, more water than we have in all the Earth's oceans. In fact, we have three times more water than is down there. Why are you not convinced that that would in some way mitigate the heat? Well, the, the presence of a layer of water does not get rid of the amount of heat 
that you release by having a thin layer of crust overlaying mental material. Mental material, it should be very, very hot, and the, a thin layer of rock will not diminish the amount of heat much that is transferred through. The result is that you should, the oceans should boil. When I first heard of this hypothesis of the galloping continents in 1994 at the Pittsburgh conference, I asked the author of this concept, point blank, how do you deal with the heat? And he had no explanation for how to deal with the heat. So your assertion would be that instead of happening over the one year of the flood, that this happened at the time of Peleg and was probably spread out over several hundred years. Oh, it's a thousand years. That's the explanation for the Ice Age. The Ice Age happened during the time that the continents were moving. Because so much heat was being put out, not to the point of boiling the oceans, but enough to make them warm oceans to cause huge evaporation. Terry, when you hear this whole discussion, what do you think? I'm open on this topic. You know, the, the one thing that I would argue for is that whether it was over a period of a thousand years or whether it was galloping continents, as Dr. Harris puts it, it was relatively recently, it was within the last few thousand years, because that's what fits within the biblical timeline. I think more importantly, what I take from this is, as someone that really doesn't have a strong opinion either way, is this shows how the Darwinists have a mischaracterization of people that believe in biblical creation when they claim that we're just all marching in lockstep. I mean, we're all thinking individuals, you know, we have our own ideas, you know, we think things through, willing to be convinced, you know, we do look at the evidence. We're not just all, you know, unthinking people. Good point, sir. As a bottom line for this, folks, we've been debating about the different theories of secular continental sprint and creationists who believe it happened during the flood era or sometime after during the life of Pele and beyond. Folks, what is clear from archaeology and paleontology is that there once was one continent across this globe. The fossils and the rock strata fit together well enough between South America, Africa, North America, and Europe to understand that this did occur. What's fascinating is that the Bible got it right. If you go by secular timing, it was occurred 250 million years ago. How did the Bible ever get that one right and have it in there that, that the world was all one continent? It's one of those many places where the Creator shows that He knows more than we do, and we need to own up to that and we need to marvel at that. Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. Sabsa meets the second Tuesday 
of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger and Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to the show anytime by going to the AM 630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane, and for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzwell, thanks for listening, and we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible.